I'm Marianne Kolbisat McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, speaking with Jody R. Daniels, founder and CEO of privacy consulting firm Red Clover Advisors, and Justin S. Daniels, a cybersecurity attorney at the law firm Baker Donaldson, the married couple who also host a podcast called She Said Privacy, He Said Security, will be speaking to me about privacy and security issues involving IoT devices, especially those in the healthcare arena. For starters, we recently saw a security research report from McAvee warning of a vulnerability that could allow attackers to essentially spy on users of Peloton's internet-connected exercise bikes and treadmills, potentially even gaining control over these exercise machines. Peloton says the security flaw has been fixed. But with that said, when it comes to fitness and health-related connected devices, what are some of the top emerging concerns that you have with privacy and security? Jody, would you like to go first? Sure. I think one of the first that people need to consider is they think health-related equals covered by HIPAA, and that is a fallacy. So, you know, that I'm writing my Peloton, and we're both avid Peloton users, you know, when I'm writing all that information, I need to be mindful of who's collecting it and what are they doing with it. And that would be true for any fitness app of any type. People today are sharing blood pressure, heart information, weight, height, sleep, all types of information. And they really should understand who is the company that is collecting it and what are they doing with it. We're going to get some amazing value. It's going to be helpful to know how I'm sleeping so I can sleep better. Or so if there's a challenge or an issue, if I'm a diabetic in my daily testing. At the same time, we don't necessarily want to give it to someone who can then exploit it and use it for their own purposes. So to me, that's the really big, important one. I know, Justin, you have some other ones. Where I'm coming at this is I think the point you made, Jody, really underscores how our laws are so far behind the evolution of technology. You know, I'm reading HIPAA and I'm thinking, wow, this data the Peloton is just spewing and, and collecting, it's not covered under HIPAA. And it seems like common sense that it should, but it's not. And I think looking broad, more broadly at IoT and the security aspects of it, it doesn't surprise me that Peloton had this problem. And, you know, I remember the day that we got the little notice on Peloton that said, oh, here, you can use this um, heart rate monitor. We're going to display it on the screen. And that was like the default. My only other option was to not use the heart rate monitor itself. And so if I'm Peloton, I probably want to be talking to my security and privacy people to think about how does that type of communication with the customer, what's that like for the user experience? And I think that's another area where companies are really not thinking about how to make privacy and security part of the DNA of the product so that they appreciate how that impacts the user experience. Because I know that Jody and I are like privacy and security nerds, but our reaction to that is like, hey, wait a second, you're really not giving us much of a choice. It's either hand over the data or don't get the functionality. Is that how you want your user to feel? So with that said, what about other IoT devices, especially those used in healthcare settings aside from medical devices? What types of devices are you most concerned about, 
and what are some of the top privacy and security concerns? Justin, you want to go first? Sure. So when it comes to healthcare, having handled multiple ransomware events, both in healthcare and outside of it is too many healthcare firms are using legacy IT infrastructure. And when I mean legacy, I'm talking circa 2005, 2003. So think about hooking up IoT devices to those kinds of infrastructure. And they're so old that if you have a ransomware event, passwords are hard coded. So how do you update that? How do you get endpoint detection software like Carbon Black to integrate with something that's so old? The answer is you can't. And so one of the real big issues you have in healthcare for the connection point of IoT devices is so many of them continue to run with all of this legacy infrastructure that is so old, it's just a ransomware event waiting to happen. And that's part of the reason why healthcare when it comes to the average cost of breach remediation and dealing with it is the highest. And that's my number one concern. We all talk about, hey, we need to invest in our physical infrastructure with our roads and bridges. Well, as a nation, particularly in healthcare, we also need to invest in our digital infrastructure. It's not exciting, it's not fun, it's just critical. And Jody? Yeah, the other piece I would add is depending on where my users are located, I might also have to think about the type of health data that I have, and that also might be considered sensitive data under some of the different privacy laws. And like Justin had mentioned before about thinking of the user experience, I think it's really important to not only protect the data like we've just talked about, but really think about what is my user experience. Maybe I'm not comfortable sharing all of the data that the company would really like to collect and help me monitor, but to give me choices and to help educate me on why I want to share XYZ data and what, how the company is going to keep it safe. So the communication is imperative, not only from just a check the box, potentially legally required, but also from building a trusted brand. And I think that's a piece that consumers need to hear to feel comfortable and brands are missing today. So with all that said as well, what is your security and privacy advice for healthcare CISOs with these devices being used in their environments in terms of reducing the risk of data compromises? Justin, you had mentioned the infrastructure problems. Any suggestions in terms of what needs to be done in terms of overhauling IT infrastructure? And as we know, that could get expensive and healthcare sector entities are always sort of, you know, debating on where do you spend your capital uh, investments on, you know, is it the medical devices or the medical equipment themselves itself versus everything else? What, what are some of your suggestions? I think when you have the budget debate, it's probably influenced by whether or not they've had a ransomware event. Once you've had a ransomware event, as I like to say, you are reborn in how you look at security. But outside of that, I'm starting to get with my clients inside of healthcare and not and saying, how are we vetting our customers? What is the minimum viable level of security that we require to even do business with you? And in my view, that means multi-factor authentication. If you're accessing our system, why don't you have token-based multi-factor authentication? If you don't, tell me why you don't. And if you don't have it, then we're not going to be doing business with you. And so it's coming up with things like that, password complexity, could be employee training. What I'm saying is I think with the Colonial Pipeline ransomware event, 
coming into the nation's consciousness, I am starting to see a real change in how companies are starting to view privacy and security. And I think you're going to start to see things like this become table stakes, meaning if you don't have it, I'm sorry, but we can't do business with you because ransomware has started to become so pervasive. And I would suggest that companies start to think, if I'm going to do business with you or a third-party vendor, what is your minimum viable level of security that we're going to audit so that we can do business? The, hey, we'll just fill out a security questionnaire and say, are you, do you have good security? Well, of course we do. That doesn't get checked. I think for certain core functions, those days are quickly coming to an end and you're going to see that in the marketplace. I would say that the CISO needs to become very friendly with its privacy partner. Now, some of those people might be one and the same. Uh, in some organizations, there's going to be somebody else. But really to be thinking about the privacy risks for both the company and the consumer. And that should be baked in from the very beginning. So we hear about this concept called privacy by design. It could be from the language used, the actual fields collected, where the data is stored, how it's secured, as Justin's talked about. But really, every single part of it should have been thought through in the design stages, then when it's released. So really, privacy should be a part of the product development lifecycle, as well as the marketing of whatever XYZ product is, so that we can think about why a customer can trust us as a company. So we've been talking about healthcare sector sort of issues, but what other IoT devices in other sectors aren't getting enough attention in terms of the security and privacy threats and risks that these devices pose? Jody? Well, you know, I think someone's actual privacy, <laughs> if someone's able to kind of hack into the device, they're able to, to grab all my information, learn all about me, um, maybe use it to help build a false identity. So, you know, I think people view health information. That's me. That's my person. That's very, very personal. It's kind of one thing to learn a little bit about my favorite shopping habits, but it's something different to really understand my health and medical information. Could that information get leaked and shared with others that we don't want it to? You know, could it potentially be shared with an insurance company or, or anybody else where I wouldn't want someone to know my condition? And I think those are going to be some of the big risks that they need to think about in addition to all we've talked about so far. And Justin, outside of the healthcare sector, what IoT security issues are you most worried about these days? I'm going to go with one that I'm dealing with more and more now, the practice area that I have, and that is the combination of a unmanned aerial vehicle, i.e. a drone, combined with cameras. So when you go to weddings now, you're going to start to see a photographer with a drone. But if you use a drone to look at, uh, say, traffic patterns, and you put license plate or facial recognition on the camera and the drone, which are really good, and then you link that to a database for law enforcement, now you've created an amazing surveillance device. And we're really not having a good public debate as of yet about the use of drones in that context. And I think with that industry starting to literally take off with some of the regulations that are really gonna pave the way for their widespread use, 
this issue really bears watching because the FAA does not regulate privacy or security when it comes to the use of technology or IoT devices that might be on a drone. And Jody, how about the privacy issues with drones? Obviously, you know, Justin made some really good points here. Any advice to individuals about protecting their privacy if they happen to be captured, you know, by a drone camera? What can people really do? There might not be a whole lot that they can do. It it really kind of depends on where the drone is, where the person is, and that entire setting. So there's different rules in terms of airspace, whether it's on your private property or public property. So it kind of depends on what the situation is in terms of what type of recourse you may or may not have. For anyone using a drone, you should become familiar with what those rules are and also be mindful of the privacy considerations. So for example, we on vacation, we were out and we noticed not quite a drone, but signs for the traffic light cameras. So as we approached an intersection, we could see the sign. You know, if if cities and, and even private companies are going to start utilizing drones, they likely need to have some type of signage and education to someone so that they know, oh, here's where I could go as I enter an arena and there might be a drone being used to learn all about what is being captured from that drone. Justin, from a legal perspective, do you expect you'll see a lot of, or maybe there have been, you know, sort of privacy invasion sort of lawsuits popping up regarding drones? Without a doubt, I can take my drone up on my property and I can scan over my neighbor and take pictures or video if you want to. And there have been instances where people have brought drones onto other people's property and they've taken out a gun and shot the drone down. And the drone pilot's like, wait a second, you've just destroyed my property. And the property owner's like, well, you've trespassed. And there's a really interesting Supreme Court case out there as to what amount of the sky above your house do you own? Because the FAA takes the position they regulate the airspace over our houses. That's not our airspace. But I wanted to bring the point up, and I'm glad you mentioned privacy, because the way I think this gets resolved is what gets put in the contract about when you're allowed to collect data. What kind of public policy do we have under federal and state laws about it? Because you know that package delivery by drones is coming. That is absolutely coming. But the thing is, how do you get if your Amazon approval to fly over our property and the neighbor's property, I think the FAA is going to resolve that. But then the question becomes, well, while they're flying over, is the camera on? Is the data collection on or off? And that's really where the privacy issues come to the forefront. And I brought this all up because I want to be thinking about these issues now because we've seen the mistakes with social media where those issues didn't get thought about. And 10 years later, we have social media undermining elections. We have a lot of disinformation out there. And I'm fascinated by the drone industry and hopeful, but somewhat cynical that we're going to learn from the past mistakes in other industries such as social media. And drones have profound implications for privacy, given the example I gave you about using the camera for surveillance. I want to thank Jody and Justin. I've been speaking to Jody R. Daniels and Justin S. Daniels. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.